RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Students start to return to school after a break of more than three months. A tourism expert urges Hong Kong to reopen its borders to serve as an example to the mainland. And bookings open for home vaccinations for the elderly and the disabled. Some schools have resumed in-person teaching this morning after a suspension of more than three months because of the Omicron coronavirus variant. The honorary chairman of the Aided Primary School Heads Association, Chang Yong Pong, says most schools should resume later this week and urged parents to carry out rapid tests before children leave home to avoid wasting class time on testing. Meanwhile, students say they're excited to be back on campus, even if that means doing rapid COVID tests every day. At one school in Qingyi, some students said they don't think testing is a problem, while others said they're just happy to see their classmates again. One parent said she agrees that pupils should have to do rapid COVID tests before going to school, but wants the authorities to give more support to pupils. I hope the government can provide rapid test kits to all students because we don't know how much longer this pandemic will last. With students being asked to do rapid COVID tests every day, it's really hard to say when we'll run out of test kits. A tourism professor says Hong Kong should gradually reopen its borders to international travelers to serve as an example to the mainland on how it can control any rise in COVID case numbers. Professor Haiyun Song, the Associate Dean of Polytechnic University School of Hotel and Tourism Management, says if the SAR opens its international borders first and can prove it can control the pandemic, this will give confidence to mainland tourists. He begins by telling Janice Wong that these eased restrictions will see the gradual recovery of the SAR's tourism sector. I think uh, the initial opening will be uh, very small in terms of numbers, right? So this controlled opening. And uh, uh, if Hong Kong uh, control is uh, cases, uh, uh, number of cases, well, I'm sure China will... Uh, look at the situation and uh, open its uh, uh, borders uh, to Hong Kong. Uh, but again, I said, you know, it depends on the policy adopted in China, especially the, the zero case policy. Professor Song said Hong Kong would probably have to shift its tourism focus. Probably the, uh, the focus will uh, have to be shifted a little bit from mass uh, tourist destination to high quality destinations. This uh, probably will require the reconfiguration of the industry aiming at, uh, you know, uh, high-end tourists, uh, not only from China, but from other countries as well. Older adults and the disabled can book a home vaccination service starting this morning, and outreach teams will inoculate them as early as next week. People who are 70 or over and are homebound can book through a government website or a hotline. Civil Service Minister Patrick Nip, who's in charge of the vaccination drive, says teams will look to go to four or five districts every week and hope to finish administering the first dose in four weeks. Shanghai has reported that seven more COVID patients have died. The financial hub has also reported 20,416 new locally transmitted cases. The daily figure is lower for a second straight day. Nearly 3,090 of the new patients had symptoms. Speaking through an interpreter, Wu Chanyu from the Shanghai Municipal Health Commission says the patients who died were all elderly and had existing illnesses. These people, they are suffering from the complication of the underlying disease, including coronary heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, 
etc. All of these people, they haven't received any doses of the vaccination. For these seven people, after they enter into the hospital, their situation getting worse, and the root cause for their death is their underlying disease. Overseas now, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Russia has launched its anticipated large-scale offensive in the east of the country. In a televised address, he said the battle for the Donbass region had begun. Mr. Zelensky said a large number of Russian troops was now focused on the operation. They want to literally finish off and destroy Donbass, destroy everything that once gave glory to this industrial region. Just as the Russian troops are destroying Mariupol, they want to wipe out other cities and communities in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Ukrainian officials say at least 17 people died yesterday as Russia continued to bombard various cities, including Lviv in the west. A Biden administration official has said passengers will no longer have to wear a face mask on planes, trains and other public transport in the U.S. after a federal judge ruled that the requirement was unlawful. U.S. health officials recently extended the mask mandate until May because of a rise in coronavirus cases, but a judge in Florida said they'd exceeded their legal powers. From New York, here's the BBC's Samira Hussein. A federal judge in Florida said the rules that were imposed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention went beyond its authority when it said people had to wear masks on planes and other forms of public transportation. Now, the original lawsuit was actually filed by a group that opposes these public health mandates and two individuals who said wearing masks while flying exacerbated their anxiety and panic attacks. Now, this is the first successful lawsuit against Biden administration mask mandates. Previous lawsuits have tried and failed to block the rules. The United States has become the first country to announce a ban on missile tests against satellites in space. The vice president, Kamala Harris, said such tests were reckless and irresponsible. She urged other countries to agree a set of rules on behavior in space. The U.S., Russia, India and China have all carried out anti-satellite tests, adding to the debris orbiting the Earth. A Shanghai-based consultant says the mainland's stronger-than-expected GDP growth in the first quarter took some people by surprise. Ben Cavender from China Market Research Group told RTHK that the first quarterly figures were mostly positive because of strong manufacturing numbers in the first two months of the year. But he warned that COVID lockdowns on the mainland would significantly drag down figures in the second quarter and it would unlikely meet its 5.5% GDP target for 2022. COVID and the likelihood that this drags on for a while, I really would suggest that that number is not attainable, at least not in any meaningful way. I mean, they could pump a lot of money into infrastructure, for example, to hit the target, but I don't think that would really do anybody any good. So I think at this point, we'll probably see the PBOC and others coming out and sort of saying, well, because of factors outside of our control, we've had to reevaluate. Maybe if we're going to look for a lower number for the year, maybe they'll go after, say, 4.8% for the year or something like that. The World Bank president says the war in Ukraine has contributed to a drastic reduction in its global growth forecast for this year. David Malpass said the bank's estimate had dropped from 4.1% growth worldwide to 3.2%. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Josephs. Over the course of just three months, the World Bank has slashed its forecast for how much the global economy will grow by nearly 1%. That's a big drop and reflects the scale of economic shock the war in Ukraine has caused. It, along with Russia, will be most affected. 
In surrounding countries, recession is now likely because of Central Asia's dependence on Russia and Eastern Europe's influx of refugees. Poorer countries, many of them in Africa and the Middle East, are likely to see living standards suffer. A new study suggests that excess weight significantly increases a woman's risk of developing womb cancer. Researchers at the University of Bristol analyzed genetic samples from more than 100,000 women in seven countries. They found the risk of developing womb cancer rose by 88% for every five extra units of BMI, or body mass index. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,156. That's 361 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68.5 billion. In currencies a short time ago, the U.S. dollar was worth 128.87 yen. The euro was at 1 U.S. dollar and 7 cents. And the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 19 cents. To sport, we start with fencing. Hong Kong's men's foil team missed the podium at the Belgrade World Cup, despite the efforts of new world number one Cheung Ka Long. Adam Cheung reports. The Hong Kong men's foil team wrapped up their World Cup campaign in Belgrade with a fourth-place finish. After beating Romania, Britain and Japan, Hong Kong lost to Poland and were up against the Olympic champions France in the bronze medal match. World number one Cheung Ka Long won the opening belt for the SAR. Young Chika and Ryan Choi each followed with a loss. Nicholas Choi closed the gap, but it wasn't enough as Hong Kong fell 45-38. The team will travel to Bulgaria for the next World Cup event, which starts on April 29th. Hong Kong's Kichi are going for a second win in a row in football's Asian Champions League. Kichi defeated Thailand's Chiang Rai United to open the group stage on Saturday and will take on Visul Kobe tonight. Our football commentator Chris Kale Lau says the Japanese side aren't as strong as they used to be. Last year, Visul Kobe finished third in J-League 1. They made it to the qualifying round of the Champions League. Here they faced Melbourne victory and they won 4-3, so this is why they're in the Champions League this season. But domestically, they have not won a single league game in the last 10 attempts and are second last in the league. Visal Kobe actually replaced Asun El Miura with a new manager, Miguel Angel Lotina, who used to coach Espanyol and Villarreal. Visal's main threat will be the striker Yusei Osaka, who was also part of the Japan squad. Now, Andres Iniesta is also part of this Visal Kobe side, and there are rumors swirling that he won't play tonight. But we just have to see. Visal Kobe have a new manager. And Kitchi are confident, so it should be a great game. Liverpool are looking to keep their quest for a quadruple on track when they host Manchester United in the English Premier League tonight. Liverpool have already won the English League Cup. They're also in the FA Cup final in the last four of the Champions Leagues. But their star striker Mo Salah hasn't scored in a month. Manager Jurgen Klopp was asked if he had any concern. It's only a question of time when he will score as well. So um, unlucky in these little moments. We all know you don't have luck as a striker. You, you don't even try. So it was close enough now for a couple of times. And um, yeah, the moment will definitely come. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the form a few days ago. Barcelona suffered a shock home defeat in going down 1-0 at home to relegation-threatened Cadiz, who moved out of the drop zone. It was Barcelona's first loss in the competition since the 4th of December, ending a 15-match unbeaten league run. They trail pace setters Real Madrid by 15 points with seven games left. Barca's boss is Javi Hernandez. We are very angry. The players are the first to be angry and disappointed. 
we lost a golden chance to give ourselves a difference from the rest of the teams wanting a Champions League place, and we are practically saying goodbye to the league. I am personally angry and disappointed. We had to play with much more desire. Messages of condolences have been pouring in on social media after the Manchester United footballer Cristiano Ronaldo announced that one of his newborn twins had died. The BBC's Phoebe Hobson reports. In a joint statement shared on Twitter and their respective Instagram accounts, Cristiano Ronaldo and his partner Georgina Rodriguez announced the death of their baby boy, saying it's the greatest pain that any parents can feel. The Portuguese footballer and the model announced in October they were expecting twins. Their baby girl survived and they said her birth gives us the strength to live this moment with some hope and happiness. The couple already have four children, daughter Elana Martina, who Rodriguez gave birth to in 2017, twins Ava and Mateo, and Ronaldo's son Cristiano Jr. For more than a decade now, Ronaldo has been one of the best footballers of his generation and has millions of followers on Instagram. The couple, who met while Ronaldo was playing for Real Madrid, regularly share insights into their family life on social media and Georgina was the subject of a TV series earlier this year. Messages of support have poured in from fans and well-wishers. Among them was his Manchester United teammate Marcus Rashford who tweeted, Thoughts are with you and Georgina, brother. I'm so sorry. Real Madrid have expressed deep sadness, adding, Real shares in the family's pain and wishes to send them all our warmth. In the statement, the couple also thanked doctors, nurses and medical experts. Tyson Fury's UK promoter Frank Warren says Danielle Kinahan, who was a hit with worldwide financial sanction, who was hit with worldwide financial sanctions by the United States, has no involvement in Saturday's All-British World Title fight between Fury and Dillian White. The heavyweight champion had previously been advised by Kinahan, who reportedly been paid consulting fees by U.S. promoters top rank. Warren said Fury was unaware of that. I certainly knew, and I know Tyson certainly knew, nothing about the payments made by Tom Rank to the uh, company in uh, the Middle East. That's their business. It's nothing to do with us. It's certainly nothing to do with me. And as I say, Tyson was unaware of it. And that's the position. Rafael Nadal has returned to training following a rib injury. Nadal had been had had what's been described as a gentle workout after four weeks without stepping onto a tennis court. There's just over a month to go before the French Open on the clay courts at Roland Garros in Paris, where Nadal has claimed the men's single title 13 times. And to the weather. It'll be cloudy with one or two showers and moderate north to northeasterly winds, mainly cloudy over the next couple of days with one or two showers. There'll be sunny periods on Friday and during the weekend, and the weather will be hot during the day. Current temperature at the observatory is 19 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity is 90%. And and the news, our top stories once again. Students start to return to school after a break of more than three months. A tourism expert urges Hong Kong to reopen its borders to serve as an example to the mainland. And bookings open for home vaccinations for the elderly and disabled. And that's the news from RTHK. Reminds me of you. Yeah. When I think of 
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. Lovely to be back and I hope you've had a nice Easter break. Well, it's Tuesday and since we're trying to get out of this kind of holiday mood, I thought it might be nice to have two soundbite guests on the show today. After 1.30, my guest on Soundbite will be Elsie Zeffo. Elsie joined me on my cooking show on the menu when she cooked a great Congolese French chicken dish in August 2020. And she's back today to share her very special food memories on Soundbite. And after two o'clock, I talk garlic as it's National Garlic Day in the USA. So I thought I'd look into some weird and wonderful facts about this interesting plant. And then after 2.30, Jenna Cord will be my second guest on Soundbite today. Jenna is a young Hong Konger who is a singer, songwriter and an avid tiramisu fan. Jenna spent a holiday in Italy visiting as many restaurants as she could find for the best tiramisu around. And 